Hey, everybody. Thanks for stopping by the TravelRight.today podcast. I'm Doug Wallace. Welcome. Nothing else to do, right? You straightened all the forks in the drawers, and now you're just pissing around on the internet. Mm-hmm. I've been reading all these stories about where to go with your RV, tent, camper, van, Beethoven. But no one's writing anything about how you've all of a sudden become a trailer person, trash or otherwise. People aren't born with the supermom skills necessary to hit the road trip running. So, with everybody climbing into their SUVs and heading out on the highway this summer and fall, and maybe winter too, right? We thought we'd share some advice today on how to prep for a road trip. Number one, make a list. There are actually several lists to make. One is a detailed itinerary, maybe even one page will do. Figuring out where you're going will make it easier to make the next list, what to pack. Don't wing this, or you'll be like, oh, we don't have a can opener. Oh, I only brought one t-shirt. You know who you are. Oh, we don't have bug juice. Oh, we forgot condoms. The packing list will also help you not run out of stuff. Number two, make sure the itinerary is a real plan, like every four hours or so. Factor in the pit stops, both time-wise and location-wise. You need to do the research to know in advance where you're going to be, so you could just let it all roll out. This doesn't mean there's no room for spontaneity, because all good road trip plans are subject to change, right? Sometimes you're just going to have to roll with it, particularly where the weather is concerned. Number three, tune up the car. Oh my god, how many times have we forgotten the health of the tires, the battery, brakes, oil, whatever, I don't know from cars. If you're booking a rental, make sure it comes with a spare tire. Number four. My dad was sort of a no-we're-not-stopping kind of guy, unless he was hungry. But there was always a cooler full of something. Build in bio breaks on the road and make sure everybody goes to the bathroom when you gas up. Bring an emergency pee bottle for the weak bladder things. I have a friend who was a paparazzo who peed in a bottle all the time waiting for a I don't know, Jennifer Aniston to come out of her hotel. And he has it down to a science. Stops are also essential for stretching your legs, even for just 10 minutes. The thrombosis, right? Make it fun, like stopping for french fries or apple pies or bumper cars or whatever. Number five, I'm big on the emergency kit because the safety net is paramount to my mental health. The car needs to be kitted out with jumper cables, flares, and reflectors, but also a first aid kit, spare water, a shovel, in case you have to bury anyone. Make sure there is also a mess kit, I call it. Wipes, paper towels, and bags for spills and vomiting, and dog poo bags if Bowser is coming along for the ride. Number six, consider a cargo carrier for the top of your car, so you're not crammed in so tightly you can't see out the back window. All of a sudden this summer, my neighborhood is filled with cars with these slick Thule cases perched on top, all shiny, but you don't need to be as fancy. This is a trip to Canadian Tire. Number seven, pack smart, pack less, pack slowly. Limit what you're bringing to essentials. Pack dry fit things that will rinse out and bring some soap. If you're booking into hotels along the way, 
pack two cases, a big one that stays in the car and a small one that goes with you into the hotel room. Number eight, snacks, chips, and dips. Car food not only staves off hunger, but it gives you something to do. This can be as healthy or as unhealthy as you want, but think about high fiber and keep blood sugar levels in the back of your mind too. Hydration as well. Make sure everyone has their own water bottle and don't get it mixed up with the pee bottle. Number nine, share the driving so everybody gets a chance to veg out into the scenery, particularly on the long hauls. This is also a safety concern so the driver doesn't crash and burn. Figuratively, of course. And number 10, three little words, dead car battery. Let's get back to snacks and travel food essentials. We were on a sailboat the other day and I went old school and jazzed up a tuna fish sandwich with pureed onions and like a thick lemon cream cheese spread that was just lying around in the fridge. This cost nothing and it was killer. The trick is to have the right plastic wrap and Tupperware to keep it all together. The sandwich, like we're calling it a sandwich, was invented by the Earl of Sandwich. Gather around, children. So the sandwich guy needed a hand-based snack because he was a gambler and didn't like to leave the card game to eat supper. A Brit, of course. Traveling food has to pack really well and not need too much along the lines of refrigeration or on-the-fly prep. You need to do as much at home first. I did a little survey, and the results include all this stuff beef jerky, but the kind from the natural food store rather than the gas station, which is loaded with nitrates. Protein bars, kind of expensive, but worth it, especially good if the ingredients are all natural. Fruit, especially the non-messy kind, like grapes, strawberries, apples, bananas, so long as you don't manhandle them. Hard-boiled eggs, this one sounds like your mother walking to school with her lunch pail, but if you add a crack or two, If you add a cracker or two, (laughs) you've got protein and complex carbohydrates. String cheese paired with apples covers off the healthy fat, protein, and complex carbs too. I hate raw vegetable sticks. Carrots and celery, all crunchy and healthy. But you know, millions don't. Add walnuts and pistachios and you have a big score of omega-3 fatty acids. And dried fruit is an easy sugar fix that's both good for you and filling. Applesauce and pudding cups? Not just for the kids anymore. Mescaline-soaked towels on the floorboards? No, wait, that's a different road trip list. Sorry. Here's a little industry moment that is sure to keep morphing. I'm talking about travel social distancing. It seems like everybody has a different level of comfort when it comes to social distancing. Some are stupidly reckless. Others are the opposite. Some people are hugging with their heads turned away. Others are bowing like they've suddenly become Buddhist or actors. The St. Regis Hotel in Toronto released a video the other day of the staff bowing slightly and touching their right hand to their heart, a salutation that kind of looked like they were auditioning for a Star Trek movie. Sitting on a plane with a mask beside a stranger is just a risk some people are willing to take. Despite the dreaded seat spreaders, the sneezers, and worse, the people who remove their masks below their noses. So, unless you're booking first class and keeping your covered nose in a book, 
The general rule for the airplane is for the window people to face the window, the aisle people to lean toward the aisle, and the middle person to get both armrests and just face forward. And seat spreaders, if the space isn't yours, you need to butt out. Hey, that kind of sounded like a pre-rant, didn't it? (laughs) Well, here's the real piece of my mind today. It's guest etiquette. Guest etiquette. I've touched on this before, but I'm hearing lots of bad stories about bad, bad guests. We don't own a cottage, and since there's nothing else to do this summer except go to the lake, we make sure we are really good guests. A pal of mine said that one of her husband's oldest friends visited their cottage recently with a teenage daughter and didn't lift a finger the whole time. And for the three-day stay, they only brought a couple of bottles of wine, a hunk of pate, and a block of cheese. What? Like, the cottage isn't a weekend in a hotel. My friend says she and her husband would corner each other and slag the guests over how they had to wait on them hand and foot. Not good. That better not be you this summer and fall and beyond. Tell your host you'll make at least one of the evening meals and that you are bringing X, Y, and Z for lunches. Do this in advance so you don't end up with two of everything. Bring paper towels or a bale of paper napkins and maybe a nice pie. Would it kill you to just find a nice pie? Everybody loves pie. Seriously, you have to be either in a wheelchair or laid up with a broken arm to avoid KP duty. Or people will just talk about you and put you in their podcasts. I guess today's moral is, if you can't cook, you better know how to clean, honey. And learn how to lift up your own feet while you're vacuuming underneath them. That's good advice. You know, TroubleWrite.today has more inspiration and trending advice waiting for you, yeah? We'll see you there. And I know where you live, because I got the Google Analytics. Thanks for joining me today. Smile, smile, winky face, winky face, eggplant. <laughs>